Marketing Week Meets, sponsored by Salesforce's intelligent one-to-one -one customer journeys. Helping you achieve higher revenue, happier customers, and lower costs. This episode of Marketing Week Meets was recorded live at the Festival of Marketing earlier this month. Thank you for taking the trouble to, uh, to come today to this particular session. And it's, uh, it's a special one. Not only do we have a, a fantastic guest, uh, we're recording it for uh, our monthly podcast, Marketing Week Meets, uh, where we interview a marketing luminary about their thoughts on the state of the marketing universe and their career. And we have one simple criteria, and that's somebody who is making a mark in marketing. And our guest today definitely ticks that box. Uh, Mark Reed is the CEO of WPP. Uh, just about a, just over a year into yeah, the first of September, I think the first of September last year. Yeah, yeah, just over a year. And WPP is obviously the biggest marketing services uh, company uh, in the world. A house of brands to some of the most famous names in advertising. And Mark himself is. I think. Don't think it would be unfair to call you a WPP veteran. You've been. Uh, around for, for, for several years, and you've uh, had some significant roles. Uh, he also, as WPP CEO, gives you a, a, a particularly significant vantage point to assess the state of marketing, which is something that we'll go on yep. to today. Um, so how are you finding life in the hot seat? Um, you know, it's, uh, it has its challenges, it has its moments. Um, look, I think that... Um, you know, there's work we need to do at WPP, and we're sort of get, getting through that or doing that. But um, it's an amazing company. Uh, we have fantastic clients, fantastic people, amazing brands. And, you know, in many ways, there's never been a more exciting time to be in marketing. But I guess as we've been discussing the last two days, there's never been a more challenging time to be in marketing. And running WPP is, no, you know, no different from that, if you like. So, you know, there's good... Many good things, and uh, you know sometimes there's things that keep you awake at night as well. So uh, <laughs> well, we'll <laughs> get we'll, through that. We'll definitely get onto some of the challenges yeah. a little later, both the WPP and indeed marketing and marketers. But you took over from uh, Sir Martin Sorrell, who's probably the—I think he was probably right to say—the most famous advertising executive in the UK. My 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 barometer of fame generally rests with my mother and she'd heard of him. Yeah. So how did it, I mean, in many ways, uh, uh, Martin was, you know, in many eyes, WPP himself. So how did it feel taking over from such a dominant character? Look, I think, um, you know, clearly Martin built an amazing company, but clearly, you know, we, we have, like our competition, challenges. So I think you have to sort of do things in your own way. And I think one thing he always said is whoever comes after him will do things differently and I think hopefully um, I don't know, hopefully I wouldn't say hopefully we're doing things differently we have to pursue what you wanted to pursue you know what we're I think trying to do is put creativity you know really at the heart of WPP but also understand how technology changes that in different ways maybe that's something we can talk about so I think you have to do you have to do these things the way you want to do them really it seems interesting to me to yeah. the fact that you need to reassert putting creativity back at the heart of an organisation that was built out of brands that had creativity right at the heart. I mean, was that like a deliberate sort of revert back to heritage and, and, and providence? Had, you, had creativity somehow been lost? Had it been lost? <laughs> Look, I don't know that it had been, I don't know that it had been lost, but um, I certainly think it's what we need to have for the future. You know, I mean, 
to be simplistic, you know, a fantastic idea can multiply the impact of your marketing by five times, or you can sort of disappear down the sort of digital optimizing channel and increase the impact by 15 or 20 percent. You know, I, I, you know I, I personally don't believe that, you know, the future of the world is like data-driven banner ads. Huh? I mean, there's a role for them, but I think that actually... Um, a company like WPP needs to embrace creativity, and it's really at the heart of what we do. I mean, as an example I use is like, um, if you wanted to reinvent, uh, you know, let's say you wanted to regenerate the west side of Manhattan, and you went to a management consultant, they would tell you that, you know, you needed to put in um, tax breaks and build infrastructure and, you know, give people grants to go there. But actually, if you go to someone who creative, they'd say, well, actually, you've got this fantastic railway that runs through lower Manhattan, and we could turn it into a garden, and actually, it's cheaper to put a garden on top of it than it is to tear it down, or we can totally regenerate the whole of the west side of the world. And I think that that application of creativity to business is really what matters, and I would argue that WPP and our, you know, companies like us have more of those people than any other organisation. So I do think that that... Uh, you know, and you can call it creativity or you can call it the application of experience is what our business is all about at the end of the day. And it's not enough to stare at a spreadsheet or um, look at what 10 other people have done and copy them if you really want to grow and differentiate your brand and stand for something. So I think that's, that really is what we're trying to do. And you know, I had had the luxury of working in a management consultancy, luxury is probably the wrong word, like the worst four years of my life. Um, why so? Why? Well, because you know, to start with, you work, you know, you work harder than the CEO of WPP, um, and you know, it's sort of a slightly thankless task. And um, you decide on the answer within the first week of starting the project, and then spend the next three months trying to prove what you decided uh, three months before, and then tell the client. Um, what the answer is, and you sort of work really, really hard in isolation of them. Uh, it, it, anyway, I'm sure people find it very rewarding, but I didn't. So um, I'm very happy to be doing what I do now, and hopefully the people at WPP are very happy doing what they're doing as well. But I, but I do think, you know, I think you had Rory here this morning, you know, people like him have a, you know understanding and insight, and I think people at WPP and and not just WPP, by the way, but people in companies like ours go to clients and say, I think you should do this because it's the right thing to do. You know, Greg didn't launch a vegan sausage because someone stared at a spreadsheet and said, oh, people are eating more vegan sausages. You know, they did it because they had an insight into what's going on in the world and knew what would happen. So I think that's kind of what we need to do. Mm. I guess there was a subtext to my question, yeah. um, and you kind of teed me up for it really I can there. understand what your subtext is. Well, no, no, no. Because, I'm not going to go uh, I mean, what are the... Uh, criticisms uh, and some Exactly, very that's why I said I don't want to go... I mean, <laughs> you have to talk about the future, I think, and not the past in many ways, though, to understand the, the future, you have to understand the past. No, 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 I mean, I guess one of the criticisms of uh, Martin from some very, very high-profile creators was that he was somebody who could read a spreadsheet and didn't really understand creativity. That's something, obviously, you wanted to address by, by the sounds of what you've just told me there. Well, I'm not trying to address that. I'm just trying to say that I think we have to make it really important in WPP. And, you know, when, you know, it's like when I go, I spend a day at work and 
you know, when I go home and show my kids work that we've done that day, I know we've done something with impact, right? Now, I don't do it as often as I should, but I think that that's when, um, that's what we should do more often and feel proud of, I would say. Okay. And that's generally around an idea, it's generally not around a spreadsheet. Hmm. I mentioned earlier that to many people, uh, WPP was almost synonymous with its CEO when uh, Sir Martin Sorrell was in the, in the chair, um, perhaps even to the detriment of the corporate brand mm -hmm. WPP, which I suppose in many ways was simply almost an administrative entity, a, a holding company yeah. in, in its truest sense of the word. I know you've obviously done things to try and address that. You, you operate in brand architecture terms, a, a house of very famous yeah. brands, but talk to me a little bit about what you've done to try and make WPP mean something yeah. to somebody. I think that um, this is what what we're all, the circle we're all trying to square, right? Which is how does WPP exist and thrive and how does Ogilvy or AKQA or Mediacom or Mindshare exist and thrive in the same organization? And I don't personally think it's that complicated, right? Um, so my conclusion was I want people to feel proud of working for WPP and I want people to feel proud of working for Ogilvy or AKQA, and I want clients to understand that they'll go to Ogilvy or AKQA and get fantastic work, but actually as they're part of WPP, it's even better in some respects. So I wanted the WPP brand to stand for something, not just be a financial construct. And, um, you know, the analogy I would use is, is sort of LVMH or Disney. So if... If you put up a chart, and I have done a chart with like the LVMH logo, the Disney logo, and the WPP logo, I would be extremely happy. And I'd say I would like us at WPP to be a creatively driven, sort of financially well-managed, professionally well-managed business that has fantastic brands inside it, just like Disney has Pixar or LVMH have all the fantastic brands inside them. I think that's what WPP should be. And we should understand what it is to help those brands grow. So you have to have fantastic creative directors and strategists and technologists and all the things you have around it. And I think if we can do that, then we have a construct that works both for attracting talent and for um, attracting clients. And I think lack of clarity about that causes issues. Before I go any further, thank you. Yeah. The, I just wanted to... Uh, or just to remind you that you can ask your own questions uh, during this and you can do that via the Slido app. So there will be many clients in the room that might want to uh, talk about client centricity and WPP's, well, give them a scorecard perhaps if you are indeed a WPP customer. I'm sure Mark will be happy to talk to you. Um, but in this, this, this question, I suppose, of building uh, a WPP brand, obviously you've got your ultimate constituents, which are your... Clients, and yeah. one of the things that you talked about doing was being more client-centric. I mean, by virtue of wanting to do it more, does that mean perhaps that you would acknowledge that WPP had perhaps, well, not just WPP, but let's talk about holding companies generally, had not necessarily served the new needs of clients in the new environment? Well, I think that there's always been this sort of tension between it is sort of WPP the serving brand or the brands inside WPP the, the client service brands. I think we just have to sort of forget that and say, well, actually, it's about collaboration and our job is to cut down 
the silos inside the organization that make life harder. So I think making WPP more client-centric wasn't just about saying um, that WPP is a brand and sort of admitting it, because brands exist whether you admit that they exist or not. It's just a question of what they stand for. You know, I used to say, if WPP had a party, would you want to go to it? You know? Now, if LVMH had a party, I'd quite like to go to it, but I want to make... <laughs> You know, if WP, not a party, but a reception, let's say, would you want to go to it? So I think that that's important. At the same time, I think we had to gut down the silos inside the organization. And I think the key silo that we had is the silo between um, sort of analog and digital, or creative and digital. And that, I think, is the, the most important silo we have to knock down. You know, when you say the word digital, what you mean is understands technology. So how can you be a marketer or work in marketing without understanding technology, right? So everybody has to be digital, which is why I don't think it's a sort of a word we've tried to ban at WPP, right? You talk about what people do, you know, you're a creative or you're a strategist or you're a planner or you're an account lead or whatever, you know, or a technologist, but everyone should understand um, technology. So, you know, I think that's sort of the... the, the, the the silo we're trying to break down, then we're trying to get people to work together more easily because the culture of the company should be a culture around collaboration and we should be one organization, which is sort of the other side of it. Mm. I applaud you for getting rid of, you know, that kind of digital silo or digital thinking because, you know, everything's kind of digital nowadays. So to think about it compartmentally like that seems... Yeah, I mean, like look, I think, thing. you know, bringing together VML and YNR and bringing together Wonderman and JWT, I think were... You know, I wouldn't say they were difficult decisions, but they, I just felt they were the right thing to do. Because mm. I couldn't foresee a future in which you had some people that were creative, who, by the way, were trying to be digital, and some people who thought they were digital trying to be creative. It didn't really make sense. And actually, many of the skills that people needed existed in those two organizations. So much better to bring the organizations together. And then you become, I think, by definition, a more client-centric organization. I mentioned earlier, uh, and I think we, we've all seen, I know publicists um, posted some challenging results and, and you guys have in, uh, in recent times as well. There's various different challenges. I mean, a general one in terms of macroeconomics, obviously yeah. locally and in the world as well. Uh, but you, obviously in marketing services, you face a couple of specific challenges. Um, challenges from the likes of Google and Facebook. I mean, do you see them as friends or, or foes? So, I mean, I've been quite clear since I started that we did not use the word um, frenemies anymore and um, only because it's just daft <laughs> there's been a Damascene conversion everywhere about that recently but I think that um, that was never very helpful I think our business you know we're we're in the business of helping our clients navigate the world and if the world is on Google and Facebook we have to understand that and actually to my mind um, the stronger the growth in those companies the better it is for WPP and so we have to be the company or our companies or people have to be people that best understand those platforms and you only get there by working more closely. You know, I don't think our business is disintermediated by Google and Facebook. I think it's, it's disrupted in a sense it's made more complicated because we have to learn new skills, we have to embrace technology. You know, but Google today is our third largest client for the group. Mm. And, um, you know, I went to, I was in the West Coast a few weeks ago and saw, you know, the CMOs of Google and a number of the big Silicon Valley companies. 
And you know, they work with WPP in many, many ways. Ironically, they want many of more of our traditional skills around brand building and consumer insight, as well as the technology skills. So I think that um, those companies, while they have challenges for us and for everybody else, are good, uh, are good things for us. So a blessing and a challenge rather than a curse. Well, look, I think if the, not the, a frenemy, a fro. No, the basic problem is like a lot of journalists call them challenges because they're very challenging to journalism as well, right? And you know, one of the reasons our business is tough is our business is being disrupted, but also our clients' businesses are being disrupted, right, in the main. I mean, you tell me a sector outside of luxury goods or technology that's finding life easy. You know, automotive, retail, packaged goods. You know, you can go on and on and on, right? Mm. Everyone is finding life challenging. Mm. So, so I think that what has happened to our business is not only has our business been disrupted, we have to do, but we're having to help clients manage and navigate their own way through that. And naturally, they're seeking different solutions, they're re-examining things from scratch. But I don't think that that means that there's not a, um, a powerful future for WPP and you know, companies like us our peers or our competitors, whatever you want to call them. Because actually, I think the questions that we can answer are the questions that CEOs have. You know, go talk to see what's in, on his or her mind. You know, how do I grow my brand? How do I manage my reputation you know, in the age of social media? You know, Rebecca Vardy might need some help um, on that topic. Um, how do I connect with customers? How do I deal with Amazon? You know, what do I do about Facebook and Google? They're all questions that I think many people, talented people in WPP, have the answer to. Mm. We just have to get out of our own way and let clients get access mm. to them. I mean, there are clearly many uh, sources of anxiety and many challenges for marketers, and we'll get on those, uh, into those in a moment. I just want to just focus on perhaps some of the challenges and the disruption in marketing services. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned marketing consultants, not in this content, uh, sorry, management consultants yeah. uh, a little bit earlier on. I mean, we... Not so much marketing week because we don't necessarily write about that stuff, but obviously there's a lot of publicity around the management consultants parking tanks on loan, at lawns and other yeah. slightly inappropriate ways of describing it. But, um, I mean, is that overstated or is that something you see as an acute challenge and problem? Well, I, I don't think it's so. overstated, um, but, but I don't think that... Um, I don't think our industry is a great industry when a management consultant goes in it and a lousy industry when WPP is in it, right? So I think it can be a great industry for both of us. I think we have to recognize that marketing today requires both creative skills and technology skills, both things. And you, know, you can argue that consultants understand technology more. I mean, I would debate that in some cases, but you could argue they understand. And I would argue that Companies like ours understand creativity more. But what the key thing is how you can blend those things together, mm. not, you know, is it one thing or the other? So I think that um, the, the, the reasons people go to consult, you know, we will be at WPP a little bit more like the management consultants. I have no doubt about that. You know, we're going to have to learn some new skills and develop some new skills particularly around helping clients on that transformation journey. But, you know, I think they're obviously trying to learn some new skills. Why do they go and buy, you know, creative agencies? Because they understand the value of what we're trying to do. So I think that um, we can and we will adapt to what we do and help clients in that way. We 
I've talked a little bit already about the challenges that marketers face, a big topic of conversation that we've been having here at the festival for the last couple of days, and indeed I've got a panel about it, this very thing uh, later on today, is diminishing influence of marketers in their own organisation, yeah. and how can they, they boost that? I mean, what's, I talked about your vantage point, I mean, what would you say is a marketer's biggest challenge when it comes to exerting and improving that influence in their own, in their yeah, own I, look, I said once, I said, um, the problem with CMOs is they become like chief communications officers. And then I got in trouble with a lot of chief communications officers, for, which it is not what I meant. What I meant was that um, I think marketing over a period of time became equal to advertising or communications. And actually, we forgot that it was a lot more, you know, product, placement, whatever the four Ps are, right? It's a lot broader than just advertising or communications. So I think we have to put, have to, be, to put the marketing back into marketing or put the market back into marketing and understand actually the clues there. You know, I saw Mark Ritson made a comment about chief growth officers, chief customers, is all the nonsense, giving people different titles. And, and, you know, I think he's right to some degree, but I think that what people are trying to do with those titles is say that, that actually we want to expand the role of marketing. The challenge for marketers is that unlike, you know, why do CFOs do well in an organisation? Like CFOs do well because basically they only have to do two things. They have to hit their number and make it bigger than the year before, right? And both of those things are absolutely measurable. You know, it's much harder for marketers. You know, every marketer has a different job description. Every marketer gets managed in different ways. There is no, you know, two metrics for a marketer. You know, maybe you could say it should be, did you increase sales and increase profits? But the job of a marketer from where they start and what they're working with to getting there is much more complicated than it is for the CFO. So, um, you know, I think marketers play and should play a much more important role in in um, client organisations, mm. and you know, I think it's it's sad that most C, you know increasing number of CEOs of companies come from the finance function. You know, it, you see it much more in the UK than you see it in the US. Mm. And I still think that if you look at sort of founder-led businesses, um, many of them have that kind of instinctive understanding that great marketers do that makes life easy. And it is a strange retreat. You hit upon a nerve, I think, for many marketers that they've forgotten the job of marketing, you know, the job of strategic marketing and, and all of that, what comes with that, yeah. and focus around communications. I think one of the problems often people tell me anyway, is that everybody in the business, all the key stakeholders, think that they can do marketing. Very few people think that they could be the chief financial officer. I mean, what, what, I mean, practically, what advice would you give a marketer in terms of how they can, you know, change the narrative, change the conversation? I don't know. I mean, I think it's a question of asking yourself broader, bigger questions. You know, not just, is, is that ad or piece of creative good, but sort of always go back one stage, so, so you're asking as big a question as you can to sort of expand the range of possible outcomes and get to the answer in a more creative solution. You know, and, you know, brands that really stand for something find it easier. Brands that don't really stand for something, I think, find it much harder. And it's even harder in this environment where you can't just go and buy, you know, a load of GRPs and sort of hit your message through in the way that you used to, right? So that's even more difficult. But at the same time, 
all of these new channels offer many, many more ways of engaging with people. You know, we did this piece of work for uh, Wendy's in the US. So Wendy's burgers are um, fresh, not frozen, like they are from other hamburger joints. And in Fortnite, all of the burger bars would have, all of the burger restaurants would have freezers in which they kept the burgers, the meat, before it was cooked. And so Wendy's sort of attacked sent their character in to attack and destroy all of the freezers in Fortnite, in burger restaurants. Anyway, it captured the imagination, took over Fortnite, you know, for a few days. That's a sort of, you know, you're not going to... That's a sort of expansive way of thinking about the problem. And I think it is harder for marketers to do, because those things, you don't really know whether they're going to take off or be really bad ideas. So you have to have both the ambition and bravery to try things and break out of what you do normally. Marketing Week Meets, sponsored by Salesforce, helping you to connect to your customers in a whole new way. I promised you guys that I would uh, pose some of your questions and you've, uh, you've heeded my call and there's some great ones coming in. Um, I'm going to ask, the, uh, in the interest of democracy, if nothing else, the top question there, which, if my poor eyesight hasn't failed me, comes from Jerry. What can agencies do to challenge the often unfair perceptions from marketers that they don't have their best interests at heart, pressure to in-house, yeah. etc.? I think that's almost two questions, and I'll ask you to treat it as such. If we can, before, after the first question, Mark, we'll talk about in-housing in, separately, but... Uh, about this perception issue that they don't often have uh, best interest. Yeah, I mean, I find that strange. I mean, I think it, that comes a lot from kind of the financial, you know, we, we end up in this sort of how do we get paid question that used to be easy and has suddenly become more complex, right? It used to be we had a commission, you got paid. Yeah. Now life has got harder. And so, um, so you have to sort of figure that stuff out. And you can't let that financial conversation dominate. In my experience, if you have a good relationship with clients and you do fantastic work, then no one thinks that they don't have their best interests at heart. And um, I mean, maybe we can tackle. And to some extent, the in-housing question is, um, you know, a logical, maybe not a logical, is part of the same thing. You know, in my mind, um, and as CEO of the world's largest agency group, I would say this, I don't think that the right thing is to do for clients to try and build their own in-house capabilities. I mean, at the same time, I understand what clients are trying to do. They want things to be closer, faster, quicker, nearer to them, more responsive, be kind of more part of the process. So you have to understand what they're trying to do, and we have to work with them to do it. And I think that you know many of the best sort of more, more famous in-housing activities actually have been run by other companies. And across WPP, we have many good examples from the AM partnership at Toyota to work they do with Wonderman, Thompson, at News UK, where we have in-house agencies. I prefer to call them on-site agencies. And I think that that absolutely is something that we should embrace. And I expect to see in the future more and more people from WPP working both in our own offices and on client locations. And I think that's something that we should embrace. And it's a good thing. And I think that um, we'll square that circle of clients, you know, getting both what they need as well as having people who are, you know, have career paths and have training and understand technology 
and integrate into the rest of what the agency is doing. Because mm. you know, there used to be something called Lintas, right? And um, so I, I, I'm not sure that... Um, I don't think it's the right way to go anyway. I mean, the in-housing, you almost... I mean, in terms of what people tell me, the, 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 the desire to in-house would be for those cost-efficient and effective in regards to speed uh, and, and control over output as well. I mean, is there, is there a bigger role here for agencies moving forward to almost go back to, in many ways, where many of them started from, to be a strategic partner as opposed to you know, tactical... Well, I like to think that we are the strategic partner, and if we're not, then we've got a problem. So I do think that sometimes the focus on output, particularly from the procurement department, forgets that actually what clients are really paying for are not units of output, but actually, if we said, great ideas and strategic thinking and insight that get turned into those units of output. So I think that's the challenge, right? How, how, do, we, how do we balance those two things? So I do think that um, we have to be our client's strategic partner. I'm going to uh, go to the second question on the list, which I think is a great one. Which agency outside of the PP do you most rate and why? Look, I think, I mean, you could say, which would I love to be part of WPP? I think um, there are great, you know, creative agencies, um, you know, that people have built, Adam and Eve here, Wyden and Kennedy in the US, 72 and Sunny, I think that people who, um, you know, people from WPP will kill me now. Um, obviously, we, uh, so there are fantastic agencies out there. Look, the great thing about our business industry is that, you know, people, people start things and create things, and there is that process of creative disruption and destruction, right, and reinvention. I'm reading the questions further down. I'm not quite sure. Well, we'll Which get ones I want to answer these? <laughs> well, I'll be the arbiter of what I ask. Um, uh, Did we consider renaming it something more relevant? No, we didn't. <laughs> how concerned are you when individuals like Mark Pritchard, obviously a major player in regards to advertising spend in, in the world of uh, marketing, uh, want to take back control from agencies? I'll add as well, uh, this, is, uh, this is me giving license to myself. Obviously, Mark had some particular concerned around media supply chain that he was very colourful in laying out. So when you get criticism about uh, that kind of thing from yeah. somebody so influential, I mean... Well, look, I, I think that Group M, with its partners, has done a tremendous amount of work on many of the issues in the media supply chain, you know, transparency, you know, viewability, you know, sourcing... Um, how they source media, where it comes from. In Cannes, we launched this Global Alliance for Responsible Media with a number of our clients, with also with media partners. So I think we have to be crystal clear that you know, we have to act from the position of our clients um, when it comes to media. I think that um, when, when, you know, when people say they want to take back control from agencies, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what they mean. I mean, I think clients should be expert buyers of agency services. That's, that's my mind what they should do. You know, if you want to do search really well, you should really understand how to do it, how it works, what it is, and then you should know in your mind what's the best agency that can help you do that. That's, so I think that that's the way I would think about it. Mm. And, um, you know, when, when there were lots of the issues around, you know, content on some of the social media platforms, you know, 
a number of the clients were surprised that those things were happening. Frankly, they should not have been surprised about it. They should have known what was going on and understood the problem. So I think that really, um, you know, clients should um, do that. Now, we work with Mark and do a lot of work with P&G, and, you know, they did this, that fantastic work for um, Gillette, you know, the best a man can be, sort of a reinvention of Gillette. Brand promised to appeal to, you know, a younger audience, because, um, you know, looking at you, shaving is obviously declining in some parts of the world. And I'm definitely um, not a, a member of the, of the younger audience. Either. And, you know, I think that we have to understand what agencies are really good at doing and what clients are really good at doing. So I think that that's not complex. And um, I think that we're, we should be the best people at, you know, creating insights, understanding data, knowing how to use technology, coming up with ideas, and clients should be really good at helping manage us on that, and, but it should be a partnership. Mm. Group M and its transparency processes aside, there is an issue there, and digital has only exacerbated that in regards to the media supply chain and the various stop-offs that Mark Pritch no, like, I think it's absolutely clear that um, digital media, well, let's face it, digital in general is the Wild West, right? You know, and it's increasingly difficult, you know, to know whether an ad is watched by a human being or a robot. And as fast as technology expands, the people who are trying to get money from you expand what they're doing. But that's, so that's what we need to do. There's no doubt that, you know, you just need to pick up the newspaper every day or talk to, you know, your children or about, you know, the impact that lots of social media have on people, right? So I, I think that... Clearly, um, we have to create safe and trusted environments for people and for our clients to reach consumers. And they have to understand you know, what we can and what we can't do. So totally, I get no disagreement from me on that. Looking back, when you do finally step down from WPP, what would you like your legacy to be? What would you like to say? I, I did that. I don't know. I think, you know... Um, it's really about the, the company we build, the people I leave it to, you know, the, the, the um, that is not financial metrics, I don't think. It's really about um, the type of organization, the culture that in the, in the company, the work that we do, the people that are there. Um, are they sad to see me go or not? I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps we should take a poll of those uh, um, when you do uh, eventually retire. Um, I have to sneak that question in. I love it. Which client brand is your most challenging? Is our most challenging? Um, look, I think I'm not going to, for obvious reasons, name that. I think all clients, you know, need, as I said to you, if you're not in like luxury or technology, all clients, life is life is challenging. But I think that with sort of inspiration and hard work, you can always find your way through to a solution. You know, I think when I first went to Cannes a few years ago, um, you know, someone said to me, what's the test of a good idea? And the test is like, God, I wish I'd done that, you know? I wish I'd done, you know? And I think that that's sort of the aspiration you have to have um, as a marketer to, to really transform something. And every brand can in some way be transformed, you know? It might be difficult, but every brand can be, can be transformed. A uplifting 
point to finish on uh, today. I mean, WPP in itself is an interesting marketing story. It's one that interests me in particular and in terms of brand architecture and in a sector that is challenge, what are you going to do about it uh, moving forward? It just so happens, obviously, yeah. you've got the challenges of your clients who are also facing that disruption at the same time. Thank you for sharing your insight Pleasure. and uh, your story today. Thank you. You have been listening to Marketing Week Meet, sponsored by Salesforce and brought to you by Bauer London Creative, with me, Russell Parsons, and producer Tim O'Donoghue. You can subscribe via Marketing Week's page on Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, where you can listen to previous episodes featuring interviews with the likes of Philip Kotler, Cindy Gallup and Scott Galloway. Until next time, goodbye. Marketing Week Meets, sponsored by Salesforce's intelligent one-to-one customer journeys, helping you achieve higher revenue, happier customers and lower costs.